with a Z, P-O-D. It is the Smoky Guns Podcast. We're here. We're live. I'm back. All is right with the world. The inefficient Smoking Guns Podcast once again is back on the air. I caught it, Ralph. I listened to everything. I hear everything. Uh, show was a little shorter last week. I was out for the week. Leo and Ralph and RC holding things down in a in a svelte hour and a half over uh, our normal two hour plus, and I think I got blamed for that. I think somebody said Philip loves to hear himself talk. I've never made any secret about that. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, you didn't say that. You just said this was more efficient <laughs> last week. Uh, we got through the show quicker because Philip wasn't here. I know. I get it. I understand. I can tell when I'm not wanted. I just don't care. I'm Philip Higginbotham. I'm one of the hosts of the Smoking Guns podcast. I'm joined, uh, as always, by my good friend, R.C. Woods. R.C., how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Hello, beautiful people. We miss you. And then I'm joined, as always lately, it seems like, by Ralph Judkins, his third straight week uh, for in relief of one of our hosts. He was uh, in relief of RC two weeks ago, in relief of myself uh, last week, and in relief of uh, Leo this week. You've done the full tour now. Uh, At the end of the show, we'll have to find out who you like subbing in for more, Uh, which one of us needs to go so that we can make room for Ralph. On the show. Well, Raph, you officially became my podcast brother because this is, you're like one of us now. One of us. One of us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, Philip and RC. You uh, made it easy to, uh, to be here and be part of this. We are the Smoky Guns Podcast. We are a podcast that deals with professional football in the San Antonio area. That includes the San Antonio Brahmas of the XFL, who are on their offseason right now. So we don't deal with a lot with them this week. But it also includes the San Antonio Gunslingers of the National Arena League. Eight and two, the second place. <sighs> I know, I hate hearing that. San Antonio Gunslingers. We're going to talk about how we need to fix that. Today We were on a bye week this week. We didn't have to deal with game week. We got to watch two rather uninteresting games in the NAL where if you took the chalk, if you went with the ones that were supposed to win, you felt really good at the end of the week because Jacksonville absolutely uh, handles Orlando. Carolina absolutely blows away West Texas and cements uh, West Texas spot as the only team that will not be in the playoffs at the end of the season. The only team operating not in the playoffs. There were three other teams we started this season with that will also not be in the playoffs because they are not in the league anymore. Uh, it's been a rough rough year for the NAL. It has been. From Columbus to Albany to Fayetteville, it has just been a very weird year for the National Arena League. We don't want to see that anymore as we go into Next season and beyond, more stability is is always a good thing um, for your league. And uh, I hope we see more of that. Ralph, let's start there. The games this weekend, uh, you watched them. I know you did. I was uh, on the phone with you for most of those games as we watched those games together. Not very interesting. Not very fun. Not uh, 
not football that you want to go back and watch a second time. Not really. Uh, do you want to start with uh, the Orlando? Yeah. Uh, the, the Orlando Hindenburg at home. Uh, the Orlando, guess what? Everyone gives San Antonio their very, very, very best right? game. And Orlando gives Jacksonville five turnovers in the first half. And Jacksonville scores on all five of those turnovers, making this game wildly irrelevant at halftime. Right. One team scoring a grand total of 15 points. And us deciding to go out to West Texas and hope for something better. I really expected more out of Orlando. I really, really expected Orlando to come in and give some sort of contest to Jacksonville. And again, you you said it there. It was turnovers. It was a Jacksonville game where if you look at the score and you look at the stat sheet, you go, well, Jacksonville is head and shoulders the best team in this league. You watch the game and you go, well, yeah, when you get handed the game like that, you can look like the best team in the league. I don't know that this game said much about Jacksonville. It said something about Orlando, but I don't know how much it said about Jacksonville. Well, the only thing I will say that it said about Jacksonville is they actually look like champions. And I know that might offend some people, but champions... When a team makes the other team makes a mistake, they do not let off. They don't give many hope and any chance to get back in the game for four quarters, and they win boring games, and they win the close games. But they don't make boring games close games, right? Like another team we could talk about, and And, it's and we'll talk about because that's what the show's about. So, so it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating, but I, I have to say, end of the day, Jacksonville looks like a team that's ready to go into a, a playoff run and ready to take home the title. Yep, and we absolutely. Have, we have question marks all over the place that, uh, you know, when we were 5-0, and oh, we didn't have those questions. Right. And, and one thing that I will say that I noticed was that um, they didn't take their pe- the foot off the pedal. Like we right. see that sometimes with the gunslingers, we see like they let off off the gas, and then all of a sudden, like we're like worried if we're going to win or not. And so that's one thing I will give them kudos that they did not take their foot off the pedal and they just handed it to them. I'm telling you, Alex McSwain checking in on Facebook beat me to the joke. He said, "So long as the coach doesn't break up passes, I'm cool with Jacksonville." I was going to say before Alex said that uh, my joke was going to be how good how. how how convincing was the win in Jacksonville? The coach didn't have to play defense once to secure the win. That's how good the win was. That's how convincing the win was. He didn't even have to get involved um, to play defense on that particular game. Uh, I had a joke for this. Okay. So, as you may or may not know, the coach of Jacksonville, Coach Gibson. Yes. Despite the fact that I think this is his 19th year coaching indoor football has never won a championship. So I had a little vision that at the ring ceremony, they're about to present the ring to coach Gibson went out of nowhere. (laughs) Lance Evan comes up and knocks it out of his hand. I just had that vision. Yeah. Um, we're not going to let up on it. Everybody else in the NAL has stopped talking about it. They've moved past it. It's over. I'm not letting go of this. Uh, a head coach of a football team got involved with the play on the field 
And it may be a joke now that we can laugh about, but it still happened. And I'm not just going to pretend it did not happen. I'm just not going to do it. Contract with a network that would be worked into a commercial on the network. (laughs) That that would be that would be worked that would be worked in somehow, because it was so outrageous, so over the top, and ah, so it's in the past. And yeah. Jacksonville looks good. Jacksonville looks like the best team in the league. And I'm going to say something to you, Gunslinger fan. Steer into that. Let's all admit, let's all freely admit on the Facebook pages and the Discord channels that Jacksonville is the best team in the National Arena League. So that these next few weeks, Carolina goes, well, it's not like the Gunslingers are the best in the league. We don't have to come at them with everything we've got. And everybody that plays Jacksonville, can they can get the target on their back. I want us to steer into this. Jacksonville's better. Jacksonville is better than the Gunslingers. Because at the end of the season, all I care about is who holds the trophy. And if that means four weeks before the end of the season or three weeks or whatever it is, I have to go on my show and say, Jacksonville's better than us. Um, okay, Jacksonville's better than us. Go beat them up. Go take them on. Go knock out uh, Castro. So here's something interesting, uh, Ralph, you and I talked about. Oh, RC, you have a joke too? I you do have just, a joke. You can just go. You don't okay. have to like private message me and go, I have something. Go. Okay, so so what do you get when you put on YouTube um, sharks versus predators? Uh, a hockey game. Okay. That's what happened to me. Okay. That's kind of funny. Uh-huh. All right, because you've got the San Jose Sharks versus right. the Nashville Predators. That makes sense. I get I that. Thought, I was a little confused. I was like, oh, my God, I thought we were watching football, but it was hockey. So I get a that. Joke. It was funny. There are almost as many fights breaking out. Yeah, you see? Alex McSwain. Alex McSwain on Facebook says, San Castronova is just so good. Here's something I really found interesting in that game. Uh, the game was not a contest in the second half at all. Like, there was no reason to have your number one quarterback, your MVP of your team, playing in a game where next week you have to play the same opponent again. I am shocked that we did not have some cheap shots taken at Sam Castronova uh, or some of the high-profile players on the Sharks team because Orlando didn't have anything to lose at that point. They were not going to win the game. So why not take out Sam Castronova and win the game next week? When they don't have their quarterback, I'm shocked. And that coach, yeah. Why risk it? Exactly, Ralph. Why why take that chance with a guy that I mean, if they lose Sam Castronova, they may be the best team in the league right now. Arguably they are. They're not without Sam Castronova. Like what do they do at quarterback? Well, they'll have to they'll have to figure something out, and that would take a week to two weeks, and they cannot afford that if they want to remain the number one. No. Create a very, very difficult situation. But, again, I don't want to manifest this into being or wish no. it. No, no, no. upon uh, Sam and and so forth. But it just, it just seems strange to me, but I'm not a head coach with 19 years of experience. And, uh, yeah, more passes defended than any other coach. <laughs> James Palmer, we're going to get to this. He asked, speaking of quarterbacks, who starts for the Gunslingers? I've got thoughts on that, but I'll get to that in a few minutes because I want to run through 
the rest of this week in the NAL. What were you going to say, RC? Uh, I forgot. Okay. <laughs> False You're allowed. You're allowed to Gary. I'll start. Right. Gary Voigt, is that a false start? Do I call that um, just illegal procedure or false start? What is it? Um, interesting moment in one of the games. I don't remember if it was the Jacksonville game or the Carolina game, as they will be referred to. I don't care where they took place. They were the Jacksonville game and Carolina game. Those were the teams that showed up for those games. Uh, we got a false start penalty that was declined. Yeah. Yeah, that can't happen. That that the the mechanics of the game of football do not allow you to decline a false start penalty because the play, the ensuing play, did not happen. Did not exist. Was not there. You may have seen something. It didn't happen. the 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 ghost in the machine uh, was there, but there was no play. I don't understand how we got a false start penalty that was declined in one of these games. Um, more of those official things that you just scratch your head over. And let's face it, it happens on every level. Uh, even the NFL has official, uh, you know, jackups from time to time where you're like, I don't think so. Jay Washington said we had a jack out of the box penalty. Sure did. And I'm going to call on Ralph here and say, uh, Ralph, who saw it at the same time the official did? Oh, that would be Phil. Sure did. I, I wasn't. I wasn't seeing it. I was. Walk, I was looking at. As always, I'm looking at the lines. I'm always looking at the offensive and defensive lines when I'm not calling a game, and so I'm not looking at the linebackers beyond the MAC where the MAC's coming in, and it just. Phil says, "As Jack out of the box," and it's like, "Huh? Okay." There's the yeah, flag. that's how he was able to get over there and make the interception because he was way out of a position he should have been allowed. Gary Vaught says any penalty, he would know too. Gary Vaught says any penalty can be declined. Yes, but a false start penalty, there would be no reason to decline it because there's nothing to decline it for. You you would not decline a penalty that there is no uh, bonus or benefit beyond declining the penalty. You would you would then let them off with a free false start. Well, that's right? you know, defensive offsides is generally considered a free play. Is there a free play when the offense messes up for the defense to do something like intercept, block a kick, whatever? Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite understand. Yeah. But uh, it also goes with the spirit of a team that's penalized cannot benefit in any way. And I think this was, what, an extra point that was missed and they'd have a chance to do it again? Right. I believe you're right. I it's all fading. It's all fading. It's right. Again, we did not go back and watch these games a second time because too boring. We're not masochists or sadists or whatever you would have to be to go watch them a second time. That's a massive. I remember what I was going to say. Okay, go for it. I was going to say that the gunslingers were in first place for so many weeks. And then the one weekend that was a bye week and we don't play, we get kicked out. And then this other team was like, Oh, they look like champions. I'm like, give it a break. We still look like champions, even if in even in second place. That's all I got. Uh, we're gonna on, be yeah. On to the Carolina game. Carolina goes down to West Texas and absolutely looks like. And Carolina's been one of those teams that sometimes they've looked like one of the top tier teams, and sometimes they have not. Mm -hmm. uh, they came out and looked like one of the top tier teams in the NAL, 
as they absolutely ran over West Texas. And West Texas is in an interesting position as far as quarterback. They they started Shaw this week. Uh, they have started more quarterbacks than uh, the rest of the league combined, it feels like. I know that's not true, um, but it kind of feels that way. I, I don't... Uh, West Texas had a rough year. Again, it mirrors San Antonio so much last year. Um, a rough year. Lots of things to point to where they looked good. Um, and they might be scary next year. Um, I expect them to be very scary. I, I, what surprised me about this game was West Texas looked like they went backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we lost kid. All right, we'll find this other guy. Where? And where did a fantastic job against us? Quick drop back passes, bang. Right. And they bring in... This guy Shaw, not Fred Shaw, another Shaw. No. Right. And who's been a backup on their roster for most of the season, by the way. I I know that he's been there. And he'll he's taking too long to get rid of the ball. He was making a couple mistakes. His passes weren't on the money like they need to be. And you could see the frustration building and building and building and building. Uh, ultimately uh, he gets replaced when the game is, well, it was gone anyway. But right. the bright spot for West Texas to build around, unfortunately, it's your kicker uh, because you can't trade field goals for touchdowns. But by golly, he he kept him in the game. He, he took it from uh, Kevin Didio Weber, uh, leg Oles, as it were, uh, was – a two-score situation and cutting it down to a one-score situation so often it was like wow you know this guy is the kicker we all dreamed we would see in the game and here he is and you say they have something to build around in kevin didio weber i don't believe they do because i don't think professional teams usfl xfl even the nfl can look at the body of work they've seen out of kevin didio weber this week this year and not say, gee, I'm going to bring him into camp and see what he does on a full-size 100-yard field. Not full-size. That sounds diminutive to our version of the sport. But on the 100-yard variety, because he is hitting kicks on a much smaller window um, and doing so with pretty regular uh, success that if I were a USFL coach, an XFL coach, even an NFL coach, and I've got a camp spot, and I don't know what I'm doing at kicker. I'd fly him out, look I'd at him, him up. see what we see. And and the thing to go with that, Phil, whether you call it a 50-yard field or the fun size field, as opposed to the full size candy bar, because I let me start it on that. Who turn- thought of that? You want to talk about you want to talk about the most amazing uh, twist of words that that marketing has ever brought us it is the fun size candy bar ain't nothing fun about a fourth of the size of candy that i'm supposed to get that ain't fun that is not fun oxymoron there doesn't make any sense marketing gone awry who thought of this (laughs) that is not fun so back to the show uh didio weber if you watch his kicks and you watch his form he's not over driving the ball it's just a relaxed swing 
through. The ball does not have a particularly high velocity when it comes off his foot. What he gets is accurate and up enough to to get there. And if he's not getting there, he's getting under the net, and there's really limited opportunities to return when he's hitting. I mean, he was a bad bounce or a good bounce, unfortunately, away from laying down a pretty good onside kick. Mm-hmm. If it had kicked back at any point, they had a chance. Unfortunately, that turned into a score for Carolina, which was sad. Well, but- <laughs> and what I find amazing about Kevin Didio Weber, or really any kicker that has success with their field goal game on this level or extra point game on this level is that they're doing so with a smaller window to kick into and without the benefit of a dedicated long snapper and holder. That's true. If you don't know how important those things are, you're not paying attention to football. Yeah, Uh, if you've got a a son and he's kind of big, kind of chunky, but not very fast, teach him how to deep snap. If you are a reliable deep snapper, you're going D1. You're going... If, if you can rock solid, deliver that, and take a hit, that's a, that's a career path. Back in 2019, when we did the Command Post podcast, yeah. we had the long snapper of the San Antonio Commanders come on for a whole episode. And it is amazing. They go to camps every summer where they work on the number of rotations the ball will make as it gets back to the kicker. Nope, you need to rotate the ball a little faster, a little slower. It's that precise. So it arrives with the threads in the right position. Absolutely. Pull down in place, and the kicker who's going off of the ball arriving and, and the sound is in the middle of his step, that it's the ball is there at the right time, set at the right angle, right position, threads where they need to be, boop, there it goes. That long snapper in 2019 was named Scott Daly, and uh-huh. he is now the long snapper for the Detroit Lions. That's right. Um, he is playing on the playing in the big show. We love him. Grew up. How, how much do these guys want to play football? Scott Daly grew up as a Packers fan, if I remember. No, he grew up as a Bears fan. Yes, because he's from Illinois. Right. He grew up as a Bears fan, and now he plays for Detroit. They don't care who calls. <laughs> They don't care. They're going to go play. Um, he went to school in Notre Dame also. He did. He got married and has a baby, I believe. Yep. Didio Weber uh, is an excellent kicker, and if I had the opportunity to, to, to work him out on one of the 100-yard variety teams and I needed a kicker, I would definitely do that. So you say they have something to build around. I don't know because I don't know how long he's going to be on the uh, fun size field. Roster. Well, I'll go further with West Texas. I, yeah, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. Neither did the Gunslingers. They finished fifth. The Gunslingers finished fifth last year as right. well. What I've seen uh, is a very, very good working in of new players and making adjustments all season long by their head coach. And that that tells me that West Texas has has the ability. Tate Smith has the largest crew of any of the coaching staffs that I've seen. He has himself and nine other coaches 
So he has every aspect of the field. They are tuning, they are adjusting, they are tuning. They get talent in place. Those players are going to be getting quality feedback, quality film by position, and it becomes Sun Tzu that the battle is won before it's even begun because they know themselves and they know their opponent. Hey, when he's so, not griping about air power uh, about uh, battery powered air horns, Tate Smith is a pretty good coach. <laughs> so, Philip, are you saying that the Warbirds are fun size short of making the playoffs? No. 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 They're, they're a full size Hershey bar. <laughs> they've got some work to do. They they do, okay. but they've got good uh, bones. They've got they've got they're going to be a scary team next year in this league. Uh, all things considered, I, I think they're going to be a team you have to watch out for. Um, James Palmer checking in says West Texas only seems to show uh, only seems like they show up in the first half. I can think of a second half that they showed up in once. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Uh, Carolina looked really good. Malik Henry is one of those quarterbacks that when he's on, he is very Arvell Nelson like because when he is on, he's, he's dangerous. And Arvell is that way, too. When he's on, he's dangerous. Um, but he also has the ability to just be out of sorts. Um, and so for a team that's going to play Carolina twice over the next two weeks, it's fingers crossed we get some out of sorts Malik Henry um, because the guy is really, really good when he is on. And all he's got to do is be mostly on, and Lance Evans will catch the ball. Evan Evans was everywhere he they needed him to be. Uh, at one point, uh, the Cobras were were going to Adam Smith to run the ball and not having Zach Brown carry the ball, which I thought they would do close in inside the five, inside the ten. Sure, just to to keep things horribly, horribly confusing. And I guess that's because they were far enough ahead that they could experiment and try things. Right. But it was impressive that they were able to execute with people that normally don't get those looks and carries. Sure. So that is the way the a the NAL looked this week. Uh, both of the favored teams, both of the better teams, won and one going away, um, and that sets up the final three weeks of the season. Uh, we are now headed into the final three weeks. We've got San Antonio going out to. Greensboro to take on the Cobras this week and Orlando and Jacksonville meeting in Jacksonville. Um, I don't know, Ralph, who the favorite is in San Antonio, Carolina. If I had to draw up odds for that game, I would call it a pick em. I don't know that I could pick either of them as a favorite. I, I would agree with that assessment because for San Antonio – it depends on which team shows up. If we get the team that we saw in the first five games, if we get the team that we saw two games ago, if we get Arvell Nelson tearing apart the opponent, doing a pump fake and taking off for six and sliding, if we get protection on the edge, again, I will say again, they weren't two fumbles that occurred in that game versus the Predators. There were two strips. Sure. And that was the last time. People saying, oh, yeah, the big guy, uh, Booth Lloyd, had a great game. Yeah, he only beat Malik once. Right. And after that, it didn't happen again. Right. And 
I liked what our line did. Our line will have its handful when we face Jacksonville again. I, West Texas did not look like West Texas of previous weeks as far as the line went. Uh, and that's, we don't have that problem. Our, our problem is not in our offensive line and not in our defensive line. So last week, you guys uh, had a conversation about Arvell Nelson and Robert Kidd Jr. I wasn't here to put in my two cents, so I get my rebuttal time. Um, you all three agreed that you would leave Arvell Nelson in uh, as the starting quarterback. We had James Palmer earlier asking who's going to play quarterback when we start uh, the game in Carolina. All three of you kind of agreed Arvell needs to stay there. I'm not going to disagree with you, and I'm certainly not going to say Arvell's done, give him the hook, get him out of there. But let me present you with some alternative logic. And it's still logic. It's not, it's not uh, alternative facts. It's alternative logic to this. I need a consistent quarterback to finish out this season and take us into the playoffs. Arvell is great. 60, 70, 80% of the time, however you want to you wanna dice that up. Um, a majority of the time, he is good. Better than good, great. But he is inconsistent and has been for about six weeks. Would you rather go into the next two games, both games you want to win because you want a, a chance at the number one seed, but you want to hold on to the number two seed and get a home playoff game at least, do you... Go with the quarterback that can be great, but sometimes spits the bit. Or do you go with the stalwart, consistent veteran that, as long as I've been watching Robert Kent Jr., does not let you down? He is not going to be Arvell Nelson. He's not going to go out there and take over a game like Arvell can. But he will consi be consistent with the weapons that we have in San Antonio, uh, he will get you to a win much more than he won't. Um, smart, consistent. Which one would you go with? Which one is better at this point of the season? I'm still going with Ar Arvell, and I'm thinking like our secret weapon would be Kent. I don't think you can reverse those. I don't think if we start Kent and he's not doing well that our secret weapon is Arvell. That's see, but, the way I look at it. See, but here's the thing, RC. In a game like the game with Orlando, things got out of hand so quickly. And Ralph brings up a great point. That's not all on Arvell. Um, right. And I don't want to make it sound like it is. But by the time you realize that we need a spark, the game was already out of hand. You were already 22 points down before you even realize that we we need something to change. And maybe that changes at quarterback, even though this can't all be on Arvell. Um, the game was already lost by that point. Like, you're, you're not going to come back from a 22-point uh, deficit, Ralph. Isn't that right? You've done the numbers. Right. That's right. not going to happen. Yeah, last week we said 19. That's what uh, Jim said from inside the walls. And then Jim and I got together and actually watched the – Steelhawks blow a 22-point lead. Uh -huh. It was 21. So you're talking you're talking three touchdowns. When you go down three touchdowns, as fast as fast as we did, 
you've got to do something because you're already asking for something that's only happened once in the five plus years of the NAL. And when you go down 29, uh, you've, you've passed, you've passed the point. Right. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying Arvell is terrible. Give him the hook. We need to be done with Arvell. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying with you on that one. Okay. Arvell Nelson is the premier franchise quarterback of the gunslingers right now. He is being paid like that. Yes. This season is his season to again be a champion as he's been before. And from year, uh, from week one and before, the leader of this team. And it is on him how this thing ends. Okay. He, and so he's got the chin, he's got the skin in the game. His chips are all in on San Antonio. And Robert, yeah, he wants to do well for the team, but he doesn't have the full responsibility for how the season goes. And I, I just think from a, a weird psychological edge, you go with Nelson. You look over your shoulder. You see what, what Robert's doing. You make sure that Robert's got a bunch of reps and is comfortable with the receivers and everything else. But we have a plethora of weapons, and we added another weapon as a receiver. Yes, we did. That's and where I was going next. I don't, I don't need a great quarterback. With a great quarterback and great receivers, we can annihilate people. Why aren't we annihilating people now? Uh, but when, when that comes along, we get that going, we, we, we'd be unstoppable. But we haven't been this year. No. And will we ever? Uh, if we do, and very, very soon, uh, they're going to call us champions. And we're going right. to be hosting a trophy. Yep. Right. I said before, I think we need to get nasty. We need to get a little more aggressive. Uh, we need to keep our foot on the pedal. Um, and I think sometimes we lit up. I think we're, I don't want to say too nice. Maybe we get too comfortable during the game. But we need to change that up. And I think if we change that up with all the different special teams and all the different skills that we have, we, we got this. We got this. So early on in the season, before we were, uh, you know, winning games and, and not losing them, before we had a, uh, a zero in our loss column multiple weeks in a row, there was a word that I kept hearing from anybody that saw the Gunslingers in person early in the season, especially before games. That word came from Ralph. That word came from URC. That word came from Leo. I wasn't able to be around the team at the time, um, but you all said they look and they act focused. There was a focus that was there and was palatable. We know it was noticeable. Is that still there? Not as much. I can't say because I haven't been to a, to a practice to see. But if it isn't there, I would be very, very surprised that it isn't there. These guys are all professionals. Sure. They sure. all know that they are living a lifestyle and a dream to play professional ball, albeit not at the highest level and not for the right. most money, that this is a part-time gig. But sure. they really like this. 
because they make the sacrifices personally in order to do this. They want to keep doing it. Right. And they want a ring. They're not going to get a huge paycheck, but they want to have something that nobody can take away from you, and that is a championship you know, at the professional level. Any level, that's that's what you're really working for. Otherwise, why do you play? Why do you put up with all the abuse? I, I want to wrap that back up on that, on that point. I would be surprised if the Gunslingers did not become that team for the last – Four games, I believe four games, oh, sure. that they're going to play this year. I, I would be shocked that you know, Coach Shaw allowed that to happen. He's not going to let that happen. If there, Arvell Nelson, Arvell Nelson basically, I think, took himself out at halftime by saying, Coach, I don't, I, it's not there. I don't have it. And the, was honest, honest about it that he wasn't going to win the game. I got to stop. Yeah. <laughs> The Los Angeles Lakers back in the 2000s uh, became known for flipping a switch when playoff time came. Like they would kind of jack around all season long, still win most of their games, still put themselves up there in the one or two seed in the West, but they weren't playing like the Lakers. They just weren't. Um, and, and sports talking heads would go on ESPN and go on Fox Sports and have they lost it? And are they the same? This is Kobe. This is Shaq. This is all of that. And, uh, you know, they're not the same team anymore. They're not going to win. And, and as playoff team at uh, playoff time began to get close, they would flip a switch. There was literally a switch that would flip with the Los Angeles Lakers. If the gunslingers are looking for a time to flip the switch, that's now. We, we, we're there. Um, these next two games are vitally important to seeding. Um, and then, of course, you're into playoff time. If you're going to flip a switch, if the rest of this season was just warm-up and this is the actual game, I'm okay with that. I'm okay if you've decided that that's what uh, this can be. It's time to flip the switch and time to make that change. Um, right. And I know, uh, Ralph, you said they like the game. From everything I've seen, they love the game. Sure. It takes a lot of love and passion, and I've seen that. Have I seen it dismissed a little bit? Yes, I have. Do I think that they can get it back? Absolutely. I think you, they're maybe in a little, you know, groove, not doing so. Get it back. We need you guys to get it back. You alluded to a new weapon, Ralph. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, we've got two new signings, and I don't want to dismiss the offensive and defensive linemen that we've pulled in, that is important because I think that is an area that we do need a little bit of tweaking. But the big name right now around the San Antonio Gunslingers on the uh, waiver wire is Kendrick Ings. Kendrick Ings is now part of the San Antonio Gunslingers. We hope to have him a little later on the show. Um, we would love to, we want to connect with him and learn more about him and why he decided to come to San Antonio. He was part of Fayetteville. Fayetteville pauses their operations. All of those players become free agents, which meant Kendrick Ings could have gone anywhere. He could have gone to Jacksonville. He could have gone to Carolina. He could have gone anywhere. He chose San Antonio as his landing spot. And he is, I don't know, you've watched it all season, Ralph. He is the best player to come out of Fayetteville, out of that, that, Exodus of Fayetteville players, do you think? If I'm not mistaken, he actually played for the Cobras last year. He did? 
Yeah. And I was surprised when his name showed up, frankly. I, we, we hear stuff and we hear both sides of it. But what I heard was his voice on the Carolina broadcast as the analyst in Carolina. And I'm thinking, well, okay, so he's there. And gee, I wonder if they're talking to him. How easy would it be to go back home? And then we see him coming here. Ings was the guy that Cato was throwing to. Ings was the guy returning the kickoffs for the Mustanas. And we don't get to say that joke, unfortunately. Uh, we, we were saving up for that very, okay. very okay. game. Okay. Pause. Mustanas. We have to explain. Early in the season, uh, Ralph and I will get together on the phone and watch a lot of NAL football. And early in the season, uh, Fayetteville was having a game against West Texas. This was before they changed over to a new production company, all of those kind of things, uh, to do their broadcast. They kept referring to Fayetteville as Fayetteville. Whole game. They did it for the whole game. You go back and watch the video. Also, on their score bug, they had uh, nudged the name Mustangs down a little bit, and it cut off the bottom edge of the G. So when you read it, it was Mustanas. Not Mustangs, it said Mustanas. And so Ralph and I waited. Our last game was supposed to be Fayetteville here in uh, the Freeman Coliseum. And we were holding on to the Fayetteville Mustanas because that's what they were. That's what they've been to us all season long. And of course, we don't get the opportunity. Ralph doesn't get an opportunity to call a Fayetteville game, which he's excited about because he doesn't have to try to read those numbers that they carried on their jerseys. But we have been holding on to Fayetteville Mustanas all season long, and and now we don't get to use it. Um, and you get held up to it. And and given that the 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 folks that were broadcasting it are no longer broadcasting it, and it's a whole different production company, and the team's gone away. Drum roll, please. Yeah, it'd just be beating a dead horse. Yeah. Ah ha ha! Ah, beating a dead horse. That is funny. I got we, the fun. We also, during the last week or so, signed Jacoby Smith. He is a defensive lineman, offensive lineman. Uh, He has played for the Wranglers. I only know that because his picture uh, that they posted on San Antonio Gunslinger's Facebook page is him in a uh, a Wranglers jersey. Um, So I know he's played for the Wranglers. Um, Just a little more depth at uh, at that position, and that's never a bad thing, to have a little more depth. I'll tell you what it gives you. It gives you more insulation against injury. It also gives a little bit more competitive fire mm-hmm. because everyone knows who's up there, who's in the rotation, who is being counted on, has somebody else nipping at their heels ready to take over uh, should they falter. Sure. Uh, whether they're injured or whether they just don't seem to have it or whether they're just getting beat there is another person who can come in for them and replace them for the balance of the half. And that's going to be, that might very well be that player. So it it never hurts to have depth. And this is the same thing with Kendrick Ings as a receiver. We have, we love all of the receivers that we have with the gunslingers. Yes. Any single one of them could be, a two or a one on the teams that started the year anyway. Certainly. 
and, and some of them were. In the, in the case of Barnett, he was with Albany, uh, behind Darius, of course, but he, he was there. Yeah. And we got Kali. I mean, I'm looking forward to, I have no idea how they're going to utilize Kendrick Gangs, but I have another one of these, like the uh, ring getting slapped out of the hand visions of Ings and Rashad, one up, one back. And the one in the back gets the ball and they do a crossing thing and they both fake the ball underneath their arms. And that just buys a half second of misdirection and vapor trail. Yeah, imagine two vaporize a coverage. Imagine two extremely dangerous returners mm-hmm. crossing at about the five yard line, and you have no idea which one of them has the ball. And imagine um, those two lined up on the same side, and Barnett in motion on the opposite side. Right. And they both take off at the same time. Yeah, your safety is going to go over there and cover because one of those guys is going to get away. One of those guys is going to get away and Barnett's open or, yeah, they, they, there's, no, there's no one to stop. We could literally be unstoppable at receiver because of the speed we have at receiver. And I didn't even mention Chisholm. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, right. Didn't, I didn't mention the rest of the receivers. I kind of feel like I uh, ought to do that now. I didn't mention Reynolds. I, I, you know. Let's see who who else could I have possibly mentioned there? Uh, yeah, I, we we've got a uh, Robinson. We we've got guns. Robinson, yeah. We oh yeah, we've got uh, people who can who can go out there. Kendrick, stop us! Oh yeah, Abel Abel Garcia says Kendrick. Who? That's Kendrick Ings. I N G Ings. Uh, he will be a part of the Gunslingers and a dangerous part of the Gunslingers as we finish out the season and head into the playoffs. Uh, the Gunslingers are in the playoffs. In fact, the entire playoff slate is set at this point. All four teams are in the playoffs. The one team that will not be in the playoffs is West Texas. We just don't know the seeding. We don't know how everything will be seeded. Right now, Jacksonville holds the one seed, San Antonio two Carolina three and Orlando four, which means if the playoffs started today, which is one of those phrases I absolutely hate because they don't, but if the playoffs started today, we would play Carolina in San Antonio. Uh, Jacksonville would host Orlando, which means this week's games are oddly similar to what we would see in the playoffs if the playoffs started today, but they don't. Because that's not how this works. Um, the playoffs start in three weeks, not today. Mm. Uh, Ralph, I know you're going to have to head. You're, you're going to have to leave us here shortly. Um, Ralph, why are you leaving? Previous commitments. There you go. Previous that's the best com- way to say that. I, I, I could say like I'm in demand or something special, but mm, yeah. yeah. Everybody rec- wants you? Strict, strictly fun and relaxation. What RC? Everybody wants you. Uh, no. 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 Okay. But uh, I'm I'm wanted somewhere. For okay, somewhere. good. That's good. <laughs> I may be wanted a lot of places. Uh, if you see me in a post office, you know, right. not in wanted. person, let me know. Uh, to make room for Kendrick Ings and Jacoby Smith, we did release Joshua Reese. He is a receiver that. Um, we signed early in the season, never really got a lot of opportunity. 
um, to step in and step up because of the glut of talent that we have at that position. He just kind of got lost in that group. Uh, we also uh, cut a longtime gunslinger. Can you call him that? Uh, Dante Angus uh, was released last week. Um, had some really nice words to say for his teammates. Had some wonderful words to say about the John Wayne ownership group um, as he left, but but he was also released a couple of weeks ago. Do you know? Thank you for all your hard work, though, while you were a gun clinger. Absolutely. Do you know when the first playoff game is? Yes, directly after the regular season. No, I'm sorry. That's... (laughs) (laughs) Cheap. The 29th is the last week of the regular season. My understanding is the first playoff games will happen the very next weekend, the first weekend in August, and that the championship game will be... The very next weekend, there will not be a break between the playoff games and the championship game. So the first two weekends of August will be your postseason in the NAL. And that works out really well for the gunslingers because we play two games and we have a bye. We have a rest. We have a get good before the first game. Yes. And nobody's got to get good before the championship game. Right. Right. So good to be us. We had a heck of a hard start in the schedule in the start of the year. <laughs> I remember when we were saying it, it'd be right. great if it was two and one. Oh, look, <laughs> y'all made the point last week. I think it was Leo that made the point, but somebody made the point last week on the show that if I had told Gunslingers, if we had told Gunslingers fans at the beginning of the season that with three weeks left to go, you'll be eight and two in second slot in the playoffs every one of us would have taken it we feel right now like oh we're faltering we should be first we shouldn't have lost this last game to orlando we should be nine and one but i guarantee you there's not a gunslinger fan among us that would not have taken eight and two and holding on to the second spot in the playoffs for sure we would all love that because that would that would be very close to the record of the team's that won the championship in the last two years. Sure. Uh, with only uh, with only two losses. I mean, <laughs> shoot, Albany had three. I believe, <laughs> I actually believe for motivation's sake, what happened two weeks ago or, or a week and a half ago, you know, when we played Orlando, when we went to Orlando and played, it might be the best motivational thing that could have happened to the Gunslingers, and I'll tell you why. Because if Jacksonville loses one more game, and I believe they will, I still don't see them winning out. I know I said that last week or two weeks ago when I was on the show. Now they've looked absolutely unbeatable against Orlando. I still hold on to, they drop a game, either Orlando uh, or West Texas, which is, I think, their last two games. One of those teams is going to step up and beat them. And we're going to end up sliding into that first spot because we're going to go, we are going to win out. Um, this is just Phillips world. Go with it. Uh, if that have, happens to be the case, the two teams that you would play in the playoffs would be inviting Orlando in. They embarrassed you at the end of the season by beating you badly. And you get the opportunity to end their season. And then you win that game and you welcome in Jacksonville, the only other team that beat you and embarrassed you this season. So the playoffs 
the postseason becomes a revenge tour of these are the two teams that beat us and these are the two teams that we get to put out in their season uh, on our way to a championship. Motivationally, the thing that happened in Orlando might be the best thing that could have happened to this team. I like the revenge tour. Yeah. What's up, Ralph? I was going to say we'll see. I stepped on RC saying she liked the revenge, liked the revenge tour. I do. Maybe we should talk to somebody about making a shirt out of that for the playoffs. <laughs> if it all breaks that way, Jordan, I know you're either going to listen later or you're you're lurking right now listening. If it breaks that way and it's Orlando and Jacksonville, it's the revenge tour, brother. Yeah, well. Right. It- as I've told you before, he's probably already thought of it and has several right <laughs> in three different colors. He already has a mock shirt for, for the merch table, and they'll be they'll be shipped in two weeks. If I know if Jordan Jordan's amazing, Jordan yeah. is absolutely amazing on on merchandise. Speaking of Jordan and all the wonderful things that they do with merchandise, we found out today, Ralph, that the very next home game, which will be the last regular season home game of the year, July 22nd here in Freeman Coliseum as we welcome in the Cobras to finish out our season. It is superhero night. We already knew that. We found that out a couple of weeks ago from Jordan. But they will also honor some other heroes. Talk about that, Ralph. Absolutely. It is our low-key first responders night. We're not putting this out on social media but if you are a first responder, in the sound of my voice, you show up at the box office, you present your ID, you're getting a ticket, you're going in. You bring somebody else with you, uh, yeah, you might have to buy a matching ticket uh, to get in. But first responders, if you are an EMT, if you are a fireman, if you are a police officer, if you're anyone that's involved in EMT uh, first responding, heck, even if you're retired, if you have some form of ID indicating that you're a first responder, go. We want you there. We're not going to single you out and make you sit in one section and all these other things. It's superheroes night, but we know that we have real heroes amongst us, and it's you. If you know one, if you are one, please come out for this. Because we really, really, really want to hook you on the gunslingers. And if you come to one game, you're going to be back next year as a season ticket holder. Because it's just that much fun. Absolutely. I love that we get to honor first responders. I also love the low-key side of this. That, like, we're not going to use this as a promotional thing. This isn't something where we're going to reach around and pat ourselves on the back. Aren't we awesome? We're taking care of first responders. Uh, The team has made the decision that, you know, we're not going to make a big push on it. But we are going to offer this to all first responders and get it out to them as quietly as we can so that it's not about us, but just a way to honor them. I love it. Um, Another one of those great uh, moves by the front office that I didn't see coming. Normally, you would make this a big deal. Hey, it's first responder night. We're taking care of first responders. and, And you use that as this goodwill PR. I love that the Gunslingers organization says that's not necessary. We want to honor them, and we want them there. Um, and we want to enjoy this game with them, but we don't need to get the good PR out of the deal. Um, we just want them to to come and enjoy the game. I love and we it. still have, love it. also low-key, we still have the uh, youth sports program mm-hmm. 
where it's buy one, get one, bring your youth athlete to the game. That is still going on uh, up through, well, up through this game on the 22nd. So there's a, a lot of ways to get in, a lot of ways to have fun, a lot of ways to be there as the Gunslingers play their final season game. Not uh, regular not, season. Finally, yeah, re- re- final regular season game. Final regular season game at home. And hey, a win there and a win the previous week. We are we're, we're back in command, and we may have two games here in San Antonio. Yeah, revenge for the ring. And don't forget, another ninety dollars is liable to fly out of everyone's wallet because the superhero shirts. Yeah, are gonna be something. Really? My guess is I'm kind of surprised I didn't get a leak of those today. My guess is. If you tune in next week, you might get an opportunity to see a sneak peek at those. Um, I was kind of surprised I didn't get them today, but I didn't want to bother Jordan and be like, hey, where's my stuff, man? Uh, I need I need my stuff. I do it for me, not for you people. Y'all just get the, the, bonus, the bonus of seeing them, but I want to see them. Um, but I didn't get that first. So. so speaking of the superhero theme, I know I'm going to be putting out um, the next couple of days the super. Uh, hero plan for the gunsling hers for those who have joined the gunsling hers it's more of a female group but you know we everyone's welcome so um heidi and myself and um annette we decided to get a fun pack on amazon that comes with seven masks and seven capes so what we're going to be doing is asking everyone to wear whatever um gunslinger shirt you have you can buy a seven pack. I think it's like $29 or just buy a single one and everybody wear their cape and their mask for the game on the 22nd. I'll be posting some more on the gunslinger page. Uh, Ralph, I expect you to be wearing a cape and a mask as you call the game on the 22nd. Oh, yes. Bad. No, not no. You have yes. to. You have to. <laughs> no capes. Uh, Ralph Judkins is the play-by-play voice of the San Antonio gunslingers. He is also uh, the fourth member, I think it's safe to say at this point, of the uh, Smoking Guns podcast. But he also has other commitments because uh, he's just not as committed as the other three members, I guess. Uh, showing up week after week and providing you. Don't need to be institutionalized, you're that committed. <laughs> Ralph, thanks for joining us. Go take care of your other commitments and enjoy your evening. We will see you next week, I'm sure, whether that's in the comment section or... One of us has to be out or whatever the case may be. Uh, The watch party. Or or the watch party. The watch party. Look forward to it. Ralph, have a great night. Night. He just froze. Oh, no. No, he didn't. (laughs) There you go. I sent him (laughs) out of here. Uh, All right. RC, other stuff we can talk about because I've been saving it when I knew it was just going to be you and I, uh, there was a an event this week that you and you alone, as far as the uh, four members of the set of the Smoking Guns podcast, yeah. got to go attend. You got to go to my old hometown, my old stomping grounds. Yeah, I, was, I was so excited. I have never really been to Lavernia. I think we went once. There was some kind of at a uh, some event with toys. Remember that a while back? Maybe. Like, they had it for where they sold vitamins and stuff. Oh, that was out in Seguin, actually. That oh, was uh, that was Seguin. Okay. 
about okay. 30 minutes away from Lavernia, but yeah, out that direction, certainly. Yes. Yeah. Um, but and no, Lavernia, uh, hosted the, the red, white and boom. Yes. Um, I love that name. And the gunslingers were part of the parade and then stuck around the den afterwards. I'm going to tell you right now I was in, I lived in Lavernia when they built the den. Uh-huh. That was one of our favorite places as a family to go. They have a huge really? outdoor area with a big play area for the kids. We used to go every week and do trivia on Thursday nights out there what? at Lavernia at the, at the Den. Uh, just a really fun place to go. They have, I wish I could have told, I, I really wanted to be on the show last week because I wanted to tell everybody when you go to the Den, get some rattlesnake bites. Ooh. It, the appetizer there is called the rattlesnake bites. It is white meat chicken uh-huh. wrapped in bacon, thick cut bacon. And then dipped in uh, buffalo uh, uh, hot sauce. It is amazing. They are great. And by the time you get done eating six of them or whatever they give you on a plate, your mouth is on fire. But the food is so good. The the rattlesnake bites are so good. Um, love that place. Love the, uh, the pictures I saw come out, out of that. Mm-hmm. The picture I shared for today's um, graphic for the That's- show... Was the gun slinger, uh, the six shooters, six shooters out in the high school parking lot between That's the between the uh, auditorium and the the uh, football field, and over their shoulder you could see my press box that I spent like seven years in. You could see my press box sitting right there over their shoulder. That's why I picked that picture. Not because the girls look great. They did. They Not did. because it was the six shooters. Because, the, it, I mean, they're awesome. But you could yeah. see my press box. And I was like, ah, oh, I missed my press box. That's a great. They did that, they did that on purpose. I know they did. I know they did. I yes, know they did. So let me, let tell me, me about you. the parade. How was it? It was so great. Um, so I went. I drove over to Lavernia. We went over um, to um, Don Rackler's um I don't know, huge, huge event there, parking lot, uh, the ranch. Mm-hmm. And I was able to participate with the South Texas Ford Trucks Mafia. And I nice. say that because my cousin, Jesse Carranza, who works for FedEx, I was able to ride in his truck and we were part of the parade. So what we had to do was we all met there um, at Dan Rockwell's ranch and then we all drove following each other um, to the parking lot. And the key thing is, and I didn't know this because it was my first time kind of being in a parade, they had to get there so they can put those big flags, those big poles. Because if you go a certain speed, you can, like, bend the pole and stuff. So we got there. Very hot, I will say. Well, we all got out. We decorated, put up the, the poles, put up the flags. We decorated the mirrors. You name it, we had decorations all over. I went around. I tried taking pictures of some of the cheerleaders. I took pictures. Um, of the football players, of the different people who participated in the event. And then right at, I think it was 1 o'clock or 10 o'clock, we started rolling down the street. And every time I saw someone with the gunslinger, I would say, gunslingers, guns up. And they say, hey, RC, they recognized me. I was yeah. super surprised. My cousin was like, how did they know you? I'm like, I don't know. I just do a podcast. <laughs> You're a celebrity, RC. I guess so. And the kids, the families, I would say happy for it. They would respond. They would wave. So many people on the parade route. It was just amazing. Enthusiastic, passionate. Um, it was just a great, great time. And I want to thank um, the Gunslingers for allowing me to be in that parade and to give back to the community of Lavernia. 
the den was amazing huge place beautiful place i wasn't able to stay um for the food but i loved it there was a, a huge crowd there i was able to take pictures with the with the six shooters with some of the players they were eating and it just was a wonderful way to start the 4th of July weekend, let me tell you. So early on in our podcast, very first season, we may not have even played a football season yet. I actually emailed the owner of The Den uh-huh. to see if he wanted to be a sponsor on our show. And he said? His name is McBee, or his last name is McBee. Uh, they are tangentially connected. I don't know if they're related or just friends with uh, the Racklers, but Lavernia's small town and small town kind of mentality. Don is out there. The Racklers are out there and the McBees are out there as well. I emailed him and said, hey, here's our show. Here's what we do. Here's who the gunslingers are. We would love for you to come on and be a sponsor of the show. Right. I never received any response. They were at too all. busy eating those Rattler things. They were, yeah, rattlesnake bites. They yeah, were all about rattles, those. Yeah. Um, no, some incredible stuff. There's also a queso chopped steak that is absolutely great. It is exactly what it sounds like. It's a chopped steak or like a hamburger steak. But, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. The queso chopped steak is okay. But the queso, what is it called? I think it's called the Southwest Texas or queso uh, chicken fried steak. They take a chicken fried steak and they put white queso and salsa on top of it. It is incredible. Uh, I'm not a big gravy person, and uh-huh. so chicken fried steak kind of is lost on me because if you eat chicken fried steak without gravy, it's just very dry. Right. But this was amazing because they took queso and drowned it in queso uh, and then put some salsa on it. Man, it was good. Um, just really good food at the Den. They are not a sponsor of ours, even though I asked once. Um, but you should go out there if you're in the Lavernia area or on that side of town and you're just looking for a really cool experience. On a day, drive out to Lavernia, check out the Den. It's really, really good. One of my favorite places uh, to go and to go with my family. I spent like seven birthdays there because my family would be wow. like, where do you want to go eat, Dad, for your birthday? And I'm like, we're going to the Den, obviously. That's where we're going. It was a lovely drive. I would say it took about maybe 30, 40 minutes from my house. But I would definitely go back out and I would definitely check out the Den. Alfred Rodriguez checking in on Facebook with a deep cut. He says, totally different reason for gunslingers to race down to LV. Thank you so much, Alfred Rodriguez, because you give me an opportunity to tell a story that I absolutely love involving the San Antonio gunslingers and Lavernia. What he is referencing here is in the 1980s, the USFL had the San Antonio gunslingers uh, and the owner of the team could only find one bank around San Antonio that would even do business with him because he had such a poor reputation. It happened to be in Lavernia. (laughs) And that means that when players would get their checks, their game checks for the week, (laughs) it was like cannonball run down 87 to get to the bank as quick as they could and beat the rest of their teammates because only about half of those checks were going to clear because he didn't have the money. Uh, and so they would race down Rick, Rick Neuheisel, who was the quarterback of the, uh, of the team at the time, tells this story all the time about them racing down 87 to get to Lavernia, uh, so they could cash their checks before their teammates and actually get their money. That is what Alfred Rodriguez is referring to when he says totally different reason 
for gunslingers to race down to LV. Thank you, Alfred Rodriguez. I had thought of it, but I wasn't going to tell the story again because I've told it like five times on this podcast. But you gave me the opportunity, and I will always appreciate that you let me repeat my story about the gunslingers in Lavernia. I would love to know what amount that check was for back in the day. Oh, who knows? Mid-80s, so, you know... Inflation and all of those things, it's probably amount of money that we would be like, what are you playing a professional football for that amount of money? (laughs) Like, I'm sure our gunslingers right now are making more than those gunslingers were based on on inflation and the way things go. But thanks again to the South Texas Ford Truck Mafia for allowing me to be in what my cousin's truck, Jesse Carranza. Um, And it was just a blast. It really was a blast. And so you left. You didn't go over to the park and do any of no, the red, I, white, I had, boom stuff? I did not. I went there just to take some pictures. Unfortunately, my husband and I um, and my daughter had plans for the 4th to go see the Indiana Jones movie. How was it? It was good. It was okay. I did fall asleep, but, you know, it's... I, I That's was, not good. That's well, not good. Tell, well, let me tell you. I was in a parade, like, a couple hours before. I was burning up, you know, waving to people, you know, talking. But it's an oh. action-adventure movie. Uh, it should not parade, be putting you to sleep. In, no, being in the parade is more action-packed than watching a movie in a dark theater, cold, with my blanket. So there. South Texas Ford Trucks Mafia. Teresa Martinez checking in. Making sure we're giving credit to the right group, South Texas Ford Trucks Mafia, um, part of the group that RC gets to get got to be a part of, and spend some time with out there in Lavernia for the parade. Good stuff. Um, I did kind of want to go back. You know me and cheerleaders, right? I love my six shooters. Yes. I mentioned at the last show that the Predators cheerleaders, their outfits looked like they were wearing just like some sports bras, and I thought how. Uh, ugly that was. Yes, I said it ugly. And so I was watching the cheerleaders Shots again fired. this week and they had a very cute sequence dress. I will give them credit to that. However, they ruined the outfit with these boots and these long white socks. It's summer people. You don't wear long white socks uh, under your boots. So the theme in Orlando, do you know this? Have you heard this? What was it called? The theme for the game in Orlando, which I think is a real miss. Okay. Was uh, Christmas in July. I didn't see that at all in that outfit. All I saw was like uh, winter socks. And if that's their way of showing winter in the summer, it was horrific then. I was giving them credits because the sequence dress was cute. But now that you say that, that doesn't even go with the theme. But my point is, I talked to Cassie from our six shooters and she said there's an award, a cheerleading award and the predator cheerleaders have won it for like the last three years in a row. Well, I want to find out how we can nominate our six shooters for that competition because I think our six shooters should win that award this year. And it's my mission, RC Woods, sitting here on Smoking Guns Podcast to figure out how we can get the six shooters to win the award for the best cheerleaders of the NAL. I said it here first. So the commissioner, if you want to send me an email or send the podcast an email, like what we need to do to get the six shooters to win, I need that by the end of this week. Yeah, because because we know Chris watches. Chris Sigfried yes. watches the show. He's friends um, of the podcast. He should he could do that. Absolutely. 
Hey, we've got a guest joining us right now. Yes, we do. He is done with practice and able to join us. He is the newest San Antonio gunslinger. We're going to bring him on right now. Now, his name is Kendrick Ings, but I love his display name because it takes his first uh, his first letter of his name, Kendrick, and adds it to his last name, and that makes him a the king. king. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Kendrick, so good to have you in so many ways. Um, tell us a little bit about why uh, the thing that San Antonio fans want to know, Gunslingers fans want to know, you get released after Fayetteville folds. You had an opportunity as probably the biggest name player coming out of the, the Mustangs to go anywhere. I'm sure you fielded phone calls from five different teams in the league. You decided, you made the choice to come to San Antonio. Why? Uh, well, just talking to Coach Shaw. Coach Shaw was one of the first coaches that reached out to me, and we were just chopping it up, talking about everything. Um, I talked actually talked to him last year at the uh, the Arena Bowl. Um, what is it? The Arena, the Arena Bowl uh, ceremony before mm -hmm. the championship game, and we just chopped it up. I mean, we was we was in the making of me coming this year. Honestly, I just but. Different things happen, but I was just talking to Coach Shaw, talking to Coach Richie, and I and actually I know a couple of guys on this team already. I played my rookie season. I came in with Hobbs, Arthur Hobbs, and uh, Philip Philip Barnett, and um and um Arvell. Arvell was actually the first AFL quarterback I ever caught a ball from in 2014. All right, for power. Right. So I've been knowing him for some time. So um, I like what they had here. Uh, I just I just felt good. I just felt good about the situation. It was out. It was out of. It was out of them or or North Carolina. Like ideally, I told Coach Shaw that ideally um, North Carolina would have been ideally for me because that's where my home is. You know, that's sure. where that's where I live. And it would have been easier just to go. I live ten minutes from the arena. But uh, me and me and Coach Shaw got on the same page, and um, I just felt like it was right for me to come here. You're joining a team that has a lot at that wide receiver defensive back position. You've mentioned a couple of those guys already. But even the guys further down, like Chisholm, Reynolds, uh, those guys are really, really uh, excellent players as well. Does that worry you as a player? I'm not going to get to touch the ball as much as I want because I'm joining a group of guys that is already really stacked. Does that does that bother you at all? Uh, no, sir. I mean, like you got to understand, I came from a team that was stacked. Uh, I believe uh, uh, um Favorite Mustangs, we have one of the best receivers core in the league. So I'm I'm always around talent. I mean, I don't let I, that don't let that bother me. I, I I know what I bring to the table. Uh, I am a confident player, but I also am humble. I know I'm no. I, 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 it's easy to say, you feel me? As a football player, you gotta have confidence either way. So when I come here, I'm like, you know, I just want to add to the team. Whatever I can do to help the team grow, help the team uh, win football games, that's what I'm gonna do. So put me where you ever want to put me. I'm a, a coaches go coach, and I'm just a player. So I'm, I'm gonna come in and just. Where I fit in, if you put me in, you know I'm gonna make plays. I'm gonna do what I need to do to help the team. That's just that's just my bottom line. I just want to win, and um, each week I just want to win. And we got I, we said it today at practice today. First of all, let me tell y'all something about this weather out here in San Antonio. Uh oh, we have no control over this. But go on. It was 102 degrees. Out there today. <laughs> 102. I play oh, arena for a reason, right, Kendrick? Oh <laughs> and, and then some of the players like, man, you from Miami, man. So listen, it's different. It's not the same. It's not the same. I haven't been in a – I haven't played 
I, I haven't been outside in 102 weather since I was in high school. That's 10, <laughs> that's 10, 11 years ago, man. But that's crazy. But uh, <laughs> nah. But uh, like I said, I, I'm here to win. I'm here to help the team win. Whatever they need me to do, I'll do. And um, I just want to win a game. We got four games. That's what that's what we said today. We got four games to this week, next week, bye, playoffs, championship. So yep, we trying to go. Four I like and the four. order. I like the order. Trying to go four and zero. Yeah. The um, we had Ralph Judkins on a few minutes ago. He's the play-by-play voice for the San Antonio Gunslingers. Unfortunately, he had to jump off. One of the things that he's kind of excited about with you joining is not only are you great as a receiver, you are an accomplished returner in this league, yeah. and you're joining a team where Kali Rashad is already one of those scary kind of returners. Yeah, he definitely is. Yeah. We would love to see an opportunity where both of you guys – could be in the back and maybe cross up about the five yard line, and nobody has any idea which two, of, which one of these two amazing weapons has that ball. Y'all got something like that set? Well, uh, let's let's we going to a special teams tomorrow, so I'm I'm, I'm okay. gonna try because like when I was in Fairville, we did have two back two returners back there, so yeah, I'm not I'm not opposed to it. Like I said, if Coach want to throw that in there, he knows I'm ready to ro- roll. So that'll be da- that'll be dangerous, me and him back there. So you really can't you really can't uh kick away from anybody now right yeah unless you kick it out of bounds and give up that one point but uh that'd be dangerous i, I like that idea so we'll see well, when it gives you an opportunity to do something with the ball in an area that you are dangerous in but it also opens things up for kali a little bit kali has been shut down on returns a lot this year because they're not going to let him return the ball they are they're doing everything they can. Now, he still gets great returns. Yeah. But he's not getting into the end zone like he was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're back there and you're a distraction, even a decoy, uh, all of a sudden things open up a little bit more for Kali as well. Yeah, we could do. We could throw on some. If, if, if we both back there, we could throw on some fake returns. You never know. You, I, I like that idea. So I, I'm pretty sure Coach is thinking that as well. So I, I just have to wait. We got, I, think we, I, think, I believe we want on special team tomorrow. So. We'll see. We'll see. So come Saturday, we'll see if we both back there or not. Uh, what have you heard about San Antonio that made you like decide? Yes, besides the team, what about San Antonio? Are you interested about a visiting or looking at? Well, I tell you this much: uh, when we played here last year, I did love the Riverwalk. That, that was a good vibe. We I went down there with a couple of my brothers on the team for the Cobras last year. We had a good time down there. Uh, I really that's the only thing I really got to explore, but it was a nice it was a nice vibe out there. We got on the little scooters, ran around the different uh bars and, and restaurants. Actually, my, my, my brother uh Mike Green he um bought a cowboy hat from, uh off the side of the street, which he still have it to this day. But um, oh, that's I, think, cute. I think I'm gonna get me one as well. Let's talk a little bit about that Carolina game because we rarely get an opportunity. In fact, you might be the first one we've had. To talk to somebody that was that is one of the best arena games I've watched ever. Which which game? The one where you guys came down to San Antonio last year here, 61-60. Uh, oh, was the final yeah, score. Yeah, yeah, we lost that game. You did. <laughs> um Yeah, that well, was Well, no, you didn't because you're a gunslinger now, so you won uh, the game. <laughs> there you go. See how that changed? Um tables have changed. On on your side of that, because I know how we felt about it as Gunslingers fans, you guys were the premier team in the league. You were running everybody out of their building um, for a team that had that really had a lot of struggles last year. Um, to give you that kind of game, end up winning that game by one point. Um, it was big for the fan base here. It was big yeah. for the team here. Yeah, I believe so. 
I have to feel like you guys walked out of there going, San Antonio is a lot better than anybody has given them credit for all year. Is that is that the case? Yeah, when we when we lost that, first of all, we know I, me personally, I don't take no teams for granted. I, you know that any given Sunday, any given game, so whoever show up to play is going to play. Your record don't mean nothing, right? Just like just like when playoffs come, um, San Antonio we're eight and eight and two right now. Yep, uh, we're looking to be ten and ten and two when the season ends. None of that matters come playoff game because whoever that playoff game, if you lose, you go home. Right. So at the end of the day, we 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 knew that uh, San Antonio had a team, and it's showing this year how they made the big turnaround. They they they, they went from the hard maybe the second to last worst team last year to the top two teams this year. So right, it shows a, a lot that they had the pieces. They just had to put it together last year, their first year, I believe. Right. So yes. Well, first first year in this league, yes. In this league, because I know yeah. it's a it's a. I mean, their team been around for a while, but first first time in the NAL. But second year, they showing that hey, we had the team last year. We just had to put it together and it's coming together this year what is the feeling in the locker like you're joining uh things right in the middle we just lost a rough game to orlando um as you enter the locker room and become part of the team and and the team dynamic changes around you um what do you notice most about this team as you walk in and you're the new guy uh first of all they have a great leader as as two as the head coach coach shaw and um coach richie they really uh Keeping a tight knit with the, when it comes to the players and coaches, and you can see that he's a player coach. He's he's a coach. He's a player coach. So he, I mean, he's played this game before, so he knows how to how how the players feel, what the players are thinking. So they have a great leader. Uh, first of all, and then um, second of all, I see at practice they just it's like a whole bunch of brothers out there having a good time. You know, they I I didn't see nobody fussing, nobody getting on each other. Even when like things didn't go our way in practice today, they still picking each other up, saying let's 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 play, let's get better. I think everybody's on the same page. Everybody know that they didn't have a good game last that this past season, this past game was a horrible game, they, and they all have they putting that in the trash, throwing it away. This a brand new week, so they they on a. I think the biggest thing is their mindset. Everybody has a positive mindset. They want to win. They know what they need to do, and they just out here doing it, just putting in the work to get to get better each day. You got to spend some time with a couple of teams in camp, Detroit and Tampa Bay. Um, what's yeah. that experience like? Was I mean, I realize you didn't get to catch on necessarily. You were yeah. practice, practice squad guy, but what's that experience like? Well, see, this is my thing. I never was in a football. I never was in NFL camp. So when I signed with Detroit Lions, I came in week one when they was having a game that week. I came in Tuesday. They signed me Tuesday. I practiced, and then that was week one. Week two, I practiced again. I tell everybody this. If they would have started the season off 2-0, and I probably still have been there because they, they they fired everybody. They, the GM got fired. No, seriously. <laughs> Third week of the season, G- GM got fired. Then I got I, everybody got released that was under him. I think only two coaches stayed. Everybody else got fired because they started the season 0-3. But it was a great experience, man. I, my first, The first time in um, Detroit, I was a chicken with his head cut off because I didn't know anything. I didn't know what to do. I mean, I never been in the NFL, never been to college, so my everything was just new to me. And um, just the speed, the uh, the spacing, the play calling was definitely different than arena. Coming from arena to the NFL, I think that's the biggest difference from playing arena football to uh to the NFL. The, the play calling, the verbiage, everything is different. So, um, and then with playing with uh. Uh, the Tampa Bay Storm. They, I, I was a Tampa Tampa Bay native. Then I was playing for the Storm there, and then um, during the off season, I stayed there, renting house. I was living out there, working, training. Uh, and um, I actually coach, uh, not coach, but um, Mr. Brooks, Derek Brooks. 
Yes. He, he he randomly called me. He was like, hey, man, what, Ains, what you doing, man? You um, you still you you still living in Tampa? I'm like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll stay right up. What's up? He's like, man, I have an opportunity. Man, the Bucks, they uh, lead, they need somebody to come in and help her with the practice squad that somebody got hurt. I was like, when you want me to be there? <laughs> so <laughs> I went to the facility. I worked out with them, and they liked my routes. They liked my um 40 time, and um, they signed me there. And um, actually, if they would have made playoffs, I would have got active that that week. But they did yeah. make playoffs. They didn't get playoffs. They didn't make playoffs that week, that year, and then that was it. So I, yeah. I always tell people, man, when they were like, "Man, you you so good. Why you didn't stick in the NFL?" I was like, I just needed an opportunity to be in camp to really to really show to really learn everything I need to learn. I never been in camp in any NFL camp. I always came in week one or the last two weeks of the season, which was uh, the Bucks. But yeah, I read an article today about you. You did not play football in college. Is that right? No, I didn't. I never played one down. I never played any sports in college. I went to college for a year at Fort Valley State University, just a regular student trying to, you know, might be the walk on the next year, but it didn't work out. So, uh, yeah, like I actually after I left Fort Valley, I went to uh, this Juco, Northeast Mississippi, and I was doing really good there. I was passing all my classes. We was getting ready for uh, spring football, and um, I had to go. I have a heart murmur. I've been. I had it since I was born, and um. They wanted me to go get the test done. I was like, let's do it. But they wanted me to pay for it. I think I was 19 years old. The test was like twenty-five to three thousand dollars. Sure. For for the EKG. Then I had to get an ultrasound, all this stuff. And it came out to like what probably like six thousand dollars. And they wanted me to, you know, handle that. And I was like, at that time I didn't have I didn't even have but a thousand dollars in my account. So I'm like, which I want me to do. <laughs> and he was like, uh, because it's a pre-existent uh incident, of course. I was like, of course, I was born with it, bro. Like, what do you want? But I think they were so uh skeptical about that because the previous year i think somebody like either died or they or they like fell out on the field from a heart murmur sure so, so they was like you know trying to take i don't i mean i understand they was taking all of the the necessary uh cautions necessary steps to for me to play but i mean they said they couldn't take care of it so that was my last straw with, with when it came to college so after that I was like, I came home to my father, my mother. I was like, I tried. I don't need the college to play foot professional football. I feel like I have the skill set. So I just started training. Got me a nine to five and I just started training. And then uh, 2014, I got a call to come to uh, camp. Dodd City Law, Dodd City, Kansas, and CJFL. And that's when my professional career started. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was gonna, I've, no, I've been looking on your Facebook page. And I noticed you have a little son. Oh, yeah. So right. I see you doing some plays with him. So can you talk about uh, this is your time to brag about your son? Oh, man. You probably make, I got a FaceTime before I go to sleep, too. So, yo, that's my man, yo. He, he's, he's my mini me, man. He, he, he gets it, too. Like, he, I, I don't even have to wake up and like, let's go. He's like, Daddy, football field? I'm like, yeah, we go <laughs> to the football field. He, he doesn't, <laughs> he's amazing, man. I just, I just have nothing. I, I'm sure I don't have anything that's like he's just amazing. He's an amazing kid. His mother does a great job of raising him. I'm doing a great job. We're doing a great job of co-parenting. He's just an amazing kid, man. He loves to be active. He can do. I have a video on my phone. I, uh, he done. He do ten push-ups straight now. Like he's only three <laughs> years old. Like this dude is really amazing. Like he's he loves to play. He, that's all he does. Every time I pick him up. Daddy Park, Daddy Football Field. He loves to be active. He, Daddy, football on my phone. He'd be like, I want to see you. I want to see you on the football field. So I put up on the YouTube, and he watches the games with me, watches film with me. He's an amazing kid. I love him to death, and I thank God for him every day. And you said he said he could. What's his name? Kaiseya. Kaiseya Lewis. 
Lee Ings. Yeah, he has both of my he has my dad's middle name, which is Lewis, and he has his his mother his mother's dad middle name, which is Lee. So and my middle name is Isaiah. So we wanted to, she wanted to keep his name with a with a K, so Kaiseya. So yeah. So you said that he can do at three years old 10, 10, 10 push ups without push, stopping. Ten legit push ups, yo. Like <laughs> I got I got forty years more time than him and I don't think I can do that. I'm not gonna lie, man. And then he gets up and flexes his muscles. Like it's it's amazing. Like he's a great kid. I, I love him. I love him to death. I'm 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 happy. I'm blessed to have him as my son. But he is gonna be uh everybody say, Oh, he's gonna be better than you. I'm like, Yes, he is. I want him to be better than me. Right. right. He's moving, he's very fast. He's like, I'm like, go fast. He's like, fast, daddy. I'm like, yeah, go fast. And he just gets the move. He got cleats. He has a uh for his birthday, I bought him a um a whole dolphin outfit. I'm a Miami Dolphin fan. So he has the helmet, the jersey, the pants, and he has the cleats. And he putting them cleats on, he goes crazy. So yeah, that's he's an amazing kid. Very athletic. I mean, that- I mean, That's I, interesting. I want to. I, I want to. I think. I think he gets it from his father, but I mean, I, think so. <laughs> I want to pick up that a little bit. You just said you're a Miami Dolphins fan. Oh yeah, I'm born and raised in Miami. I'm Miami everything. Miami Heat, Dolphins, Marlins, Panthers. Yeah, Miami everything. I'm a. I'm a little older than you. I'm pretty sure. And yeah. the Dolphins have have a very small window in my life where they were really competing. Uh, uh, right, hold on the, now. Wait, wait. It's not like you. It's not like you finna. Gonna down my dolphins. I know. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I find it interesting because they have not been as successful as fans probably have wanted them to be over the last 20 years or so. (laughs) Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Well, we was over 500 a couple of years. I mean, we 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 was wild card contenders. You know, I mean, we wasn't that bad, but I mean. We 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 definitely fell. We felt we definitely dropped the ball a couple of years, man. But this year, this year is the year. This year, right. is the year. it's this really year. hard when uh, you're in a division with Belichick and Brady for 20 years exactly. to to exactly. be yeah. those guys. I, I get that. I understand but, that. But, Jets fans. Crazy, and, what crazy is we always we always beat them though. We beat them once. Like we played them like two three times a year. We beat them like once a year. It just doesn't matter because they already in playoffs and we're not. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. Well, uh, shoot. I, I honestly, I, I eat Jamaican food, so I'm on the other island. I love Jamaican food. I, Cuban food. I, don't, I, don't, I can't even name. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, don't, I, I, I mainly eat Jamaican right, what's food. What's your favorite so, uh, Jamaican food then? Oh, uh, uh, curry chicken, rice and peas, and cabbage, or beef patty and cocoa bread. Yeah, amazing. If you haven't had it, okay. you can try it. Just Curry, so you rice and peas, I will get cabbage, some. or if you just want a nice little snack, go get your, get your beef patty and cocoa bread. Yeah. Cocoa bread, okay. So well, you mentioned that you... We have, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's amazing. Here in San Antonio, we have um, breakfast tacos. Have you had a chance to eat some breakfast tacos? Oh, not yet. Not yet. I haven't been. I, I, guess, I just got here um, Saturday night. And then, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I just got here Saturday night. And Sunday, I just, well, Saturday was a long, I traveled all day. My flight got delayed by like five, six hours. I didn't get here until midnight. Uh, I didn't get to my room till midnight Saturday. So Sunday, I just was relaxing, honestly. I'm sure. glad. I'm glad I did because that sun kicked my butt today. I'm not. Hundred and two degrees. I can't believe that. That is crazy. 
I, uh, you mentioned that you're a Heat fan. I grew up in North Texas. I grew up in the Dallas area. We've met a couple times in the in the uh, championship there. Yeah. Well, y'all had Dirk and y'all beat out, beat out behind, man. Wow. Well, so in 2006, Dallas should have won that series, but uh, Miami uh, did. No, ain't no should have. No, should have. Should have. <laughs> and then in 2011, Miami should have won that series, and Dallas did. So yeah, I, I we've traded that. back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, nah, that year, that year wasn't we supposed to be close, but we let y'all stick around just for the fans, so we could have more games. That's all. In two thousand six, you guys had Dwayne Wade, uh, Shaq had just come over. That was the big deal. I remember yeah. Dallas going up two zero in that series, yeah. and Mark Cuban came on Dallas area radio and started talking about parade routes for the championship parade in 2006, and y'all won four straight games and knocked us out of the D-Way went crazy that year. He went crazy that series, man. I missed that. Yeah, D-Way is one of my favorite – well, was one of my favorite players, but he's not in the league no more. But that was one of my favorite players growing up. I imagine. No, I imagine. He is a – he's a special player, and he – I can remember when we were up 2-0 in that series, somebody on Dallas radio said – for Miami to get back in this game, Shaq has to play like the Shaq of old, mm-hmm. and Dwayne Wade has to start playing like Michael Jordan. And yeah. I'll I'll be darned if both of those things didn't yeah. happen. Yeah. <laughs> he went crazy that year. I, I was excited. I, I went to the parade and everything. That was my first time seeing him in person. It was fun. I'm glad they won that. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Uh, so what? Uh, you're you've played with Arvell before. Mm-hmm. You know some of the guys on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, from the outside looking in, people around the NAL have looked at things and said, ooh, the Gunslingers are starting here at the end of the season to falter or fall apart. Do you see it that way? They got two losses. That's what I say. How are you saying the people, like, I understand. How are you saying they, they fall apart when they only got two losses? I think they got one in the beginning of the season, and they just lost to the, to the uh, who they just lose to? Predators. Yeah, yeah, like, come on, man, stop, stop that! Like, come on, that that's crazy. I, 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 you could say that if they lost like four straight, but they don't, they don't, they're eight and two. They got two losses. I don't care how they won the games. People saying, oh, it's luck, or oh, it's close, close, close games. It, it, it doesn't matter. You still got a win, got a W in the win column, so you eight and four. But I don't, I don't pay attention to that. Uh, like I said, we take one week at a time. This week we got the Cobras and. As you as you as you may know, uh, whenever I play at that Coliseum, I have to bring. I, that's like a special game for me every time when I play in, in that Coliseum. So, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. After Fayetteville folds, uh, did somebody say they heard you on may, doing the call for a Carolina Cobras game? Yeah, were you on the you were in the booth for a <laughs> yeah, Carolina Cobras game. Yeah, I, was, yeah, I was calling the game. That yeah, I was, uh, and now we play them twice in a row. So you can give us the insight. You, you that's right. You can meet with Coach Shaw and say I got all this figured out. You don't even need to watch film. I can tell you exactly what they're gonna do here. <laughs> I give hope, us the four one one. I mean, I hope they'll switch some things up. But I do, I do know a lot of things about the Cobras, but. I mean, that's that comes from watching film, honestly. Like when I was up there commentating the game, I would just call in the game, but just having fun with it. I don't, I didn't know nothing they was doing. Uh, I mean, as an in intel, like a, a part, like knowing the playbook and anything. But I watching film and playing there and knowing the coach, I know uh, I I can't help out with certain with certain things when it comes to game day. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I want to let you go here in a minute, but I got a question for you. Have you, as a player, a professional football player? ever seen a head coach of another team play defense 
as well as Coach Gibson plays defense over there in uh, Jacksonville. Did you see him slap the ball out of Lance <laughs> Evans' hands? Yeah, I did. I did. I did. See, I talked to Coach Gibson because he was one of the teams that reached out. And I was like, hey, man, I see you playing DB over there. I was like, <laughs> I was like that's a good play. He was like, nah, man, I was trying to stop him from hitting my face. I was like, I was like okay, I, we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go no. With <laughs> no. I, I understand why that has to be a story. I totally get why that's what he but, has to but, say. But see, listen, though. I would have did the same thing. I've done that before. I've, I've done that before. Like uh, I was on the sideline one time, and the receiver was coming over there, and he tried to catch the ball, and I knock it out of his hand. I mean, what are they going to do? We played it down. Touchdown. Right. I, 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 what, five, what was it? 15 before six? That's the DB motto. I take 15 yards before six for a touchdown. So right. I don't blame him for doing it, man. Hey. Do you like Iron Man? No. Okay. I'm just curious how players honestly, feel about it. Honestly, no. The reason why, you know the reason why, I, I don't mind playing both ways, but it's just the, the, the system how you could get burnt. I don't like that. I don't like that type of rules. Like, if you want to play both ways, you can, but it's just the fact that, the, that when you get burnt, I mean, it, it, it sucks, man. It takes, I think it takes away from certain players or certain, or certain teams. Like, I, for me, honestly, I, I remember one game, uh, I got burnt with, like, eight minutes left, so I – Eight minutes in the game, I'm I'm on the sideline. I can't go in. I, it's nothing I can do because I'm burnt. So I feel like if they could tweak that a little bit, then it'll be more better. But gotcha. uh, as as for right now, the rules right now, I kind of nah, I like the way it used to be like before. Like, well, honestly, it started off Iron Man and then they switched it to uh right. to not being Iron Man. I like the I like the rules before Iron Man. I'm not gonna lie to you. You get more. I think you get more out of it out of your players as far as players you get more out of your players so i have to worry about going both ways i play every series on offense if i'm a receiver i can play every every series i don't have to worry about playing defense to play offense yeah. or or if you're a db you don't got to play db or you don't have to receiver to play db but um if they could switch up switch up the rules a little bit so like guys won't get burnt like say i do want to come out i could come back in even if i don't start the quarter like yeah. that i think that'd be a little better more guys will like it then but uh, other than that, it's cool. Like I, 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 I like playing DB. I have fun playing DB. I grew up playing DB. I, I saw our favorite. Sure. So it felt good to get back on that side, but it's like I'm forced to do it because I, I got to play offense. But, right. yeah, it's okay. I, but, but if I had to choose between Ironman football and the way it used to be, I, I would go with the, how it used to be. Yeah, so if I made you the commissioner, that'd be that'd be something you got rid of. Yeah, I would, I would, I would definitely get rid of our man. I was, I would go back to the old ways. Commissioner, I, I respect your decision, everything you're doing. Don't be mad at me. That's <laughs> how I can. I'm, I'm not. I, I would like to go back to the old ways if my opinion counts, sir. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. After two years, we've been through two years now, almost of two full seasons of Ironman football. Mm -hmm. I wonder if the quality of the game would be better when you have specialized defensive and offensive players, um, because right now you can beat a guy that is, uh, you know, better on offense than he is on defense, and that just happens to be. But when you put your best people on the field for the current situation, um, I think you get a better quality of football. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, but you know what they did do? They they did add one more specialist. So they they did. The, the first year was only two specialists. Then they add three specialists this year. So that was a that was a big improvement. Um, sure. But as it, I think that. I think that's more important for the line and quarterback play than it is for the skills, you know? So, cause you're not going to 
you're not going to specialize three skill positions on defense or three or three DBs and three receivers because you got to specialize your, your your alignment, your quarterback for sure. You got to specialize, and then alignment they for them to go both ways. It's harder for them to go both ways than it is for DBs to go both ways or receiver to go both sure. ways. So sure. I, so when it comes down to that, it's like you got to be smart about it. I'd rather have I, if I was a coach, I'd rather have fresh legs um, on O line and D line than then put uh, fresh players at receiver and corner. So I got gotcha. you. Special teams, I mean, um, skill players are used to running. So, yeah. Right. I, got I think, yeah, yeah. I, would, I would definitely like to go back to the old ways, but it is what it is. So right. back in, in 2017, you were player of the year with the AFL. What would oh, yeah. you have to do with the next four games so you could possibly be in the running for player of the year? Wait, say it again. I said, what would you have to do in the next four games to be in contention for player of the year? <laughs> win, help the San Antonio uh, Gunslingers win some football games and score a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, that's it. I'm all for it. Good answer. Let's do it. For me to do, uh, for me to uh, get some accolades, I have to uh, score a lot. Just score touchdowns or make us. Or get a lot of interceptions. One or two. I just gotta make plays, basically make plays and win football games. Help the help the Gunslingers win football games. That, and I think I have a run. I I don't know, but I don't know if they're gonna use my stats from uh, the um, Mustangs. I think it starts all over for me. So it's like I have zero stats on the. On I the, hope not. That wouldn't that wouldn't be that, that wouldn't fair. make a lot of sense. I think so because uh you know well, of course you know Prince. Uh, I seen him post a, uh a, he's posted a post a long time ago like when he. Yeah, I traded to uh, Orlando. He was like, mm-hmm. he, he have to he have to combine his stats himself. The lead doesn't do it. So I think right now Kendrick Eanes has zero catches, zero touchdowns, zero everything on a, on the whole across the board. So in order for me to um get in a run for uh, getting player of the year, I have to make plays. That's it. Make plays and help help Gunslingers win football games. Well, we hope you do exactly that. I want you to make lots of plays. God, and I certainly want you to to. Uh, be a part of a championship team. When is have you have you been a, cha- a part of a championship team so far? You know it's crazy. I have two rings. I have a ring in football. I mean, ring in track, and ring in basketball from high school. I have never run a ring in my favorite sport, football. Never been to been to the dance a couple of times, but just kind of fall fell short. This will well, be your year. Let's make this the year. Then yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. God <laughs> do this. God willing, this is the year. This is the year. This is the year. We have the team to do it. We have the skill set to do it. So I mean, we just got to put it together. Like I said, sure. they 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 got a nice camaraderie. They are real like they're real tight, tight, tight group. And we just I'm just here to like like I said, I'm here just to do my part, just to help as many as, as many ways as I can. I hold, I'll kick, I'll do whatever it is. for you need me to help, <laughs> whatever you need me to do, I'll do. But I just want to win football games. That's it. That's the end of the, at the end of the day. Just want to win. If that, Final. And that means I'm on the sideline. We win, we win. Guns go. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I got I took a photo. I had a photo shoot with the Cobras last year. In one of my pictures, I'm holding up guns. <laughs> uh, one of the things that we've really been impressed by and we really love about Coach Shaw is this mantra that he has carried all season long of 1-0. and 1-0. and um, It's all about this next game. Who cares what happened in Orlando two weeks ago? We're, we're focusing on the Cobras and being 1-0. Yes. Um, how many times have you heard that since you've connected with Coach Shaw? Every time we broke the dab from a huddle, it's one and up. That's what nice. We, so I, 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 
respect it. I love it. And it's true. We can't worry about the last week. We can't worry about the previous day or the pre even the previous play, man. You have a short time river. You make a bad play. It's all about the next play moving forward. So that's a good mindset to have with life anyway. Just want to know. I want to win the day. I want to win this minute. I want to win this hour. So uh I, I like I said, we broke every time we broke a huddle, it was one and no. So I like it. Yeah. I'm awesome. with it. If there are all-stars in the NAL, Kendrick Ings is one of them, and he is now a San Antonio gunslinger. Uh, he gets to play four games as we uh, finish out the season here. Two regular season games, a playoff game, and a championship game. Yeah, and he's going to be a part of four straight wins as we go 1-0 four more times this season. Kendrick, it's been great to have you on. I appreciate your time. Uh, um, thanks for having me. I appreciate y'all. Give your son a call and uh, and tell him good night as you get ready. <laughs> Um, for another day of hot practice. When's y'all's next practice? Tomorrow. It's going to be warm. It's, it, it, one in, I see it, it's going to be 104. Drink some water. Water. Lots of water. <laughs> I, I got you. I, I, got, I got a big bottle right now. I'm going to get a light as well. A so couple of bananas on your way to the, uh, to yeah. the field. Yeah. yeah. We'll do. We'll do. All right, Kendrick. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for being a part of Guns the Spoken Guns podcast. Guns up. Guns up. <laughs> Later. So that's Kendrick Kings. Good to have him. Good to have him as part of the San Antonio Gunslingers and great to have him jump on the show and connect with Gunslingers fans. Um, I thought that was really interesting, RC, when I asked him what he what he thinks of Iron Man. I think if you asked a lot of the players in the league, they would say something similar to Kendrick Ings, if you if they were being really honest with you, I would think I, I don't think the majority of them care for it. It takes a lot on their body, a lot of their skills. Their mind has to be changing back and forth from offense defense. Um, but we tried it two years. Do you think they'll do it for a third year? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's on tap for next year. Um, they've tried to make some changes and some tweaks and make it a little better and. It has been a little better. Don't get me wrong. Last year, I did not like it at all. This year, I have been able to, you know, tolerate it. Rose on you a little bit? No. No? I wouldn't say that, but I've been able to tolerate it. I just want the best players on the field for each play. And I think the way you do that is by dividing the specialists on uh, the, the side of the ball that they are. Uh, best on Michael Wayne Davis says, what is the benefit of the Iron Man? It is a throwback to the arena league. The arena league style of play was Iron Man football. If I'm really honest with you, Michael, the true benefit is for the owners in the league because they can have smaller rosters. If you want the real answer and I don't work for the league and they're not going to take away my show. So I can say this when Jim and Zach over at inside the walls can't, um, a big reason the ownership and the league likes this is because it saves them money um, because they can carry smaller rosters uh, into games and, and have people going both ways. Um, that is the big benefit, to be really honest with you. Uh, as far as gameplay on the field, it harkens back to a time when men were men and football was, uh, you know, football and all of those things. We all like to dream that Iron Man football is the way football was meant to be played. But if we're really honest, if that were true, they would do it in the NFL. And they don't. Um, they would do that on other levels of the sport, and they don't. Because they realize that football gets better when you have specialized people playing specialized positions. 
around the field. That's both on offense, defense, and special teams, for that matter. And uh, so the benefit is really a, a financial one when you get down to it. Money's always the bottom line. It is. So, RC, great to talk to Kendrick. Uh, I'm glad that he got to spend some time with us. Uh, I want to wrap things up because we got to wrap things up. It's time to end the show. And I yeah, know. I took the full two hours. That's just who I am. I know. I, love the I know you would. Do you know what is special about Saturday, RC? It's your birthday? No. Nope. It's not my birthday. It's the camp. There's so many things special about Saturday. It is the camp. It is the cheer camp. Talk a little bit about that. That's right. So the San Antonio Six Shooters, uh, they're having a youth dance and cheer camp. It's going to be this uh, Saturday, July 15th at uh, 10 a.m. to 1.30 at the uh, St. Gerard Athletic Center. The cost is $100. And again, we are sponsoring $100 for any person between the ages of 4 and 18 who would like to participate. Um, they're going to have a cheer camp shirt. It includes a pizza party, crafts and games, photos with the six shooters, and all you have to do is sign up. So, again, $100 per child this Saturday, July 15th from 10 a.m. to 1.30. Um, and then they're going to have a little show off at 2 p.m. So the ages are petite, which is ages 4 through 6, elementary school ages four, uh, 7 to 10, middle school ages 11 to 13, and high school ages 14 to 18. So come on out if you have, if you know someone who would love to have some fun this summer with the six shooters, contact us and we will pay that $100 so they can enjoy this Saturday. Absolutely. Uh, reach out to us if you've got a student that they, the only reason they can't be involved, they want to, you want them to, the only reason you can't is the money. Um, and we'll take care of that. We are a sponsor. The yes, show is a sponsor of the cheer camp. Um, we will be on the t-shirt and we tossed in to make sure that this camp is going to be awesome for all the girls that are out there, but we would love to sponsor, um, a girl that needs to get to camp or, or a guy, a boy, doesn't either matter. way, doesn't matter to us. Um, we'll do either one. Uh, Saturday is also the game against That's the right. Carolina Cobras. The watch party will be once again at Alamo beer. Um, get out there and get some of that brisket, uh, uh, grilled cheese sandwiches that was so good last time I was there and drink some beer for me. I won't be there. Um, but I'll get out there, there and enjoy that. And Saturday is officially the three year birthday of this show. This show has been on your podcast, uh, uh, your what do they call them? Podcatcher app uh, okay. is what I've heard some people call them. It, we've been there for three years as of Saturday. Um, our first episode debuted on July 15th, uh, 2020. Wow. And so July 15th of 2023 gives us three years of broadcasting, uh, of podcasting, talking about our gunslingers and now our Brahmas as well. Um, no small feat to do a podcast for three years. You could go out there and look up a lot of podcasts that don't make it past a first year um, and certainly don't make it three years deep. And we still got Leo and we still got you and me and we still got our gunslingers, which, you know, after that first season, I'm not sure any of us were sure there was going to be a second season. 
And then as we got into the second season, things got dicey. Um, but we're still here. Um, right. We're still a part of the Gunslingers and the Brahmas and all of San Antonio professional football. So Saturday's a big day all the way around uh, the San Antonio Gunslingers. Uh, uh, cheer camp. Yep. We've got our uh, football game and watch party and yep. our birthday as a podcast all happening in one day. Just almost too much for one oh, day. Not enough for me, though. But if anyone knows a baker who would like to bake us a cake and bring it to the watch party, that would be great. And so everyone could celebrate with us our birthday three years. That would be very cool. If if that happens, that would be very, very cool. I'm just putting it out there. One of the ways that we can do what we can do um, and help out with uh, getting girls to girls or boys to cheer camp, sponsoring cheer camp, um, and then just making our podcast go. RC, a bill came up today because it's been three years. Uh, every year we have to pay a pretty large bill. That's our hosting bill to be on uh, our host. And it comes up once a year. This year, um, I had like to tra I transferred some money over from our PayPal because it's going to hit my credit card today or tomorrow. And I didn't want to incur fees. So I had to transfer some money over, and the way we're able to do that, the way we're able to make this show go and sponsor kids in cheer camp and sponsor cheer camp as a whole is because we have some incredible people that have joined with us and been a part of the show, some of them since the very beginning, uh, on Patreon. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Um, Mo and Iris Ferrante, Herman Robles Jr., Kim and Greg Nelson, uh, all of those folks have been with us since nearly the beginning. And then we've got other great patrons um, that are just as good and just as important. James Steubing, Jordan Steubing, Jamar Washington, Jay Washington, who's hanging out here with us, I'm pretty sure. Gary, who's chimed in a little bit. Gary Vaught and uh, James Palmer all. Uh, oh, and I, am I missing one more? Nope, that's it. Um, that is all of our active patrons. We couldn't do the show without you, literally. Like, we would have shut down the show today without you because I can't afford those podcasting uh, hosting fees this week. And had I not been able to rely on the money that you guys have provided, um, we would have had to shut down the show today uh, until I got paid here in about a week. So, thank you. Uh, thank thank you. you for making the show go. If you're interested in being a part of that group and helping make this show go, uh, you can go to smoking. Uh, you can go to patreon.com smoking guns podcast at smoking no G guns with a Z P O D, and you can join at a five, a ten, or a twenty dollar a month level. We have some perks in that. Yes, one of the do. one of the big things is at home games, and we have at least one home game left, and hopefully three. Yeah. Uh, but we have at least one home game left at home games. You get the opportunity to skip the line at the merch booth. And you get um, reserved promo items. If they're giving out koozies or star or lightsabers or lightsabers. whatever the case may be, they will set some aside for our patrons to pick up bells. Are they doing that next? No, I'm just saying. I was just oh. showing the cowbell. Oh, okay. Uh, and then you get to go to the front of the line in the merch booth, and that's no small thing. Because that line at the merch booth is ridiculous. Um, if you don't get there early you got to stand in line all the way through a quarter of football. Why miss football? No. Uh, be a patron and get up there first. 
So we're really thankful for these folks, and you can be a part of that team with us. Once again, that's patreon.com, Smoking Guns Pod. If you want to follow us on social media, we're at Smoking Guns Pod all over social media. I haven't set us up on threads yet. Ooh. I'm still waiting thing. on that. I need, to, I need to reach out, I guess, and set up an account on threads. I'm, I'm getting a little tired of all of these social media things, but, I mean, threads is going to be a thing. That's so... Good. Uh, maybe I need to do that. If you're looking for us on social media, all you need to remember is no G with a Z, P-O-D. That's smoking, no G, with, uh, guns with a Z, P-O-D, smoking guns pod, all one word. And you will find us on your favorite social media, not threads, not yet. Not yet. Um, well, James Palmer says, what's threads? Oh, Lord. It's a thing. It's a thing thing that Zuck is going to do. Mark Zuckerberg has decided he's going to challenge Twitter and uh, he's going to create his own Twitter verse and he's going to call it Threads. Threads. Uh, Beat the Cobras. Abel Garcia's got the the mantra that we need to have for the next couple of weeks. Beat the Cobras. No mercy. When a man... (laughs) When an enemy, no, when a man approaches you in the street, he is the enemy, and the enemy deserves no mercy. Uh, that is Cobra Kai, but we're going to beat the Cobras. Okay. Um, you, you knew that, right, RC? You knew oh, that, well, was, of that, I did. Was, that was the mantra of Cobra Kai no mercy. Yeah. No um, we got to beat the Cobras twice. Heck, we may have to beat the Cobras three times if things don't break our way in the end. Um, so let's do that. What else, RC? I think we covered it all. I think we did. We did a good job, too. Hey, we made it through. Still two hours. Not as efficient as when I'm not here. But you know what? Who wants an efficient show? I want an entertaining show. Not that you guys weren't entertaining last week. You absolutely were. But I want entertainment. I don't care about efficiency. Uh, This podcast can be as long as we want it to be. And we want it to be exactly... This one. Oh, we want to end it right here. Uh, RC, it doesn't matter where football is played, whether it's in Carolina, in Greensboro, in the Greensboro Coliseum, down in Jacksonville, even in Orlando. I know what it looked like after that game. Uh, The 50 yard fight, the fun size version of football, or the 100 yard battle on the gridiron. When it comes to football, the 2 1 0 got something to say. Bang, bang.